I'm really happy that happened and not being angry at the situation or blaming the circumstances of the situation or looking at it like, why me? There is a lot of racism in it and only the privilege make it and that we are part of a caste system that do not fit that profile of the privilege belief system that helps you cope in your day-to-day -day life, holding on tight to it. And if it's not working, well, find another you know, belief system or mechanism that I would push the next generation, you know, to really take advantage of social media, use it for the benefit of good. Living in a moment, living in the present is a big deal for me. It's, it's, it's not just some fancy word. It's, it's my life. I had an argument with someone. I may have won the argument, but there is truth to the fact that they were right. I was wrong. I just let my ego made me feel I won the argument. Empathy is seeing with the eyes of another, listening with the ears of another, and feeling with the heart of another. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Yellow Door Podcast. I am so grateful that you've chosen to invest this time to listen, learn and grow. I partner with you in transforming your being, work and relationships. My guests on the podcast help us gain new perspectives, challenge existing beliefs and help us learn from their experiences so we can unlock growth at the point of life that we are at. My guest on the podcast today is an international award-winning actor, writer and producer with 26 years in film, stage and TV. He starred in one of the most popular international hit TV series of the 90s called The Adventures of Sinbad. He has done HBO films such as Sometimes in April and Netflix films such as Road to Yesterday and Redcon 1. He is also part of the award-winning and critically acclaimed film The Cursed Ones and his very latest film is called Europa based on a true story. He has also lent his voice to a DC comic audiobook called Sandman by Neil Gaiman which is just released on the July 15th, 2020 and it's debuting at number one on the New York Times audiobook bestseller list. My guest on the podcast today, Oris Eduero. Hi, Oris. It's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. It's inspiring to have you here. That goes without saying, you know, apart you. from the mark that you've had in the films and the movies and television and all of that, you've been active about speaking up on humanity, speaking about what it means to be human, to navigate the life that we have with high life force, while at the same time also being very realistic about the world that we live in. And I yes. personally am really, really excited today to talk to you about life, uh, to talk to you about how you overcame your challenges and navigated the world around you, and to really gain insight from your perspective so all of us can learn from your life, from uh, you know, the global citizen that you are, and uh, of course, most importantly, the human being that you are. Thank you so much, Oris, oh, for being here today. Thank you, Sanam. I really appreciate you um, bringing me on. I, I always keep in mind that we are all constantly learning together. So um, even though my experience may inspire many, your experience also um, inspires me or even, you know, giving me the opportunity to, you know, to come on and share. So uh, I, I really thank you. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. 
So maybe to begin with, if we can take a walk yeah. back and if you could uh, tell us a little bit more about, you know, what it was like growing up, your childhood, and how did you come to choosing acting as a career? My childhood was a bit of a, I like to say, misfit. My, my wife and always say, you were part of the misfits uh, generation. So I, I was born in London uh, and um, six months uh, after my birth, I pretty much my father, my mom and dad, you know, been first generation from Nigeria to of the family to come to uh, England uh, in the 60s where they're on their studies and work. So part of the time they were studying, we were being looked after by nannies and other members of the family. And I kind of grew up, um, I like to say, sort of figuring things out myself. And you can say it is, it is true that process that I've made uh, many of the decisions that I've made in life. You know, when, when, you, live a, when you live a child alone after a while, you kind of um, create your path. You, you figure things out. You know, sometimes it might not be the exact way most people would go about things, but it's, it's just the way it is. Uh, so I was very fortunate to, uh, in that process, hindsight to, uh, as a kid, I, you know, lived, being born in London till the age of five, moving to Nigeria, where I stayed till I was 13, 14, um, you know, and then from there back to England and from England <laughs> as a kid running away from home <laughs> uh, to New York, to LA and from there back and traveling around the world. So this is the Oris. Fast forward, uh, you are seeing, this is the product of what you are seeing today. I hope, I, you know, I hope I make sense, <laughs> but yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I yeah. think it gives us perspective. So how did movies happen? How did you choose that for yourself? Since you've been exploring and taking the decisions that you wanted to for your life, how did that uh, decision-making or choice-making uh, happen for you? Well, lo and behold, um, when I look back, it was either I would have joined the army, which was a no-no to my mom, and I, w I was ready to do that. Uh, but at the same time, I was very active in the world of hip-hop and breakdancing. Uh, that was during the 80s. And one of my, two of my favorite subjects in school was also film studies, drama, and actually three, politics, government and politics. So I, I just love that world of watching these politicians, you know, that whole showmanship to sell something, <laughs> to, to, to influence the public. And somehow I was overwhelmed by the music aspect also, that, that whole hip hop movement, which was very new to Europe at that time, which drove me to New York. And it was there that a lot of elderly um, hip hop artists and people I really looked up to gave me that very firm confirmation that I belong to the world of expression. I am more of an actor and I should really, really look into it. They said, you know, that's the future they really see for me. And they, don't, they didn't want me to waste my time running around the music industry. But I was so determined that music was it. And it was a tragic event um, in, in, in New York uh, where I was uh, shot um, seven times and almost, uh, almost lost my life uh, coming out of a coma uh, from a botched robbery uh, that changed everything. I, I, I got out of it 
moved away from New York, went out to Miami um, with a plastic bag of clothes on a bus where I started to work out and really rethink my life as a young man. Um, do, do, you know, is this what I want? Is this really what I, is it worth this whole, you know, running around New York and just trying to be part of something that doesn't seem to connect with me? And it was there I ran into a uh, photographer um, who sat me down, who was pretty much one of my very fierce mentor in life today. His name is Azabra, uh, an amazing photographer who changed my life. He said, um, there's a lot more to you. And I said, yep, I know what you're going to tell me. I should be an actor, right? He said, no, 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 no. There is a lot more than that to you. Have you ever thought about modeling? I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> he says, trust me. Um, since you're taking time out to think of your life, I would suggest you, I'm going to shoot you. This is what I do for a living. He said, I'm going to um, create a book portfolio of good pictures, send them out to agents um, in Milan and Paris and London. Based on that, we see what happens and I'll, we'll go from there. Lo and behold, two weeks later, um, with his own money, he sent out pictures to um, really all the, most of the top agents in Europe. And to my surprise, they, they said, we don't have any blacks on our book. He will be perfect. And from there, we came back to Europe you know, Milan, Paris, South Africa, and and that's where Leap of Fate would have it, where I was booking so much TV commercials, because if you know anything about the commercial industry, it's a very short-lived moment. You, most of the time, you don't have, you don't even have to speak, you don't have to give dialogue, you just, you just go on, you stand, you look, you smile, you know, whatever it is they want you to do to sell the product. And the casting director, uh, like again like most other people saw her, her words was there is a lot more to you than meets the eye what I, I don't believe this is what you're supposed to be doing for the rest of your life i will push you forward to uh, movies and tv shows when they come up as the universe and life would have it these uh, casting director when i uh, i had booked something in south africa in south africa doing that commercial job called me and said there are a couple of producers from Los Angeles. They're here. I forwarded them your, your pictures. They, they, they really like you. And they would like to cast you for a new TV show. Um, and this was in 94, 95. And that was the beginning of my acting and film career uh, you see today. Fantastic. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and this is something I didn't know when you spoke about being in coma and, uh, you know, the incidents yeah. that you kind of face. Could you tell us a little yeah. bit more of what happened there? Was it in context to the work that you were seeking or was it just life unfolding yeah, for you it, in New York? I would say both. I was around an industry that was a lot deeper than just rap. At that time, I was, a, I was, I was you know, working with a lot of artists, uh, road managing. It was just one of those situations that I really believe it's faith. I believe some, you know, people, when we talk about uh, uh, faith in life, uh, sometimes we need to understand that sometimes some things would unfold in a way that doesn't quite seem right to the eye of the beholder or anyone actually looking or analyzing the situation. But to me, when I analyze it, looking back now, I didn't leave the world. I didn't die. I got caught up in a situation 
you know, working with an artist who had issues outside of what we were supposed to do, the content of what we were supposed to do and got caught in, in between all of that and, you know, almost lost my life. But I'm glad that happened. I'm so glad that happened because um, it, it really opened my eyes to my mission in life. And sometimes our mission doesn't quite appear or come to us in the way we would like it, like a mail that comes to the box and say, this is what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. Here is a check. No, it came in a way that I, when I look back, I, you know, when I, you know, 20 something years now, when I look back, I kind of just go, wow, I'm really happy that happened and not being angry at the situation or blaming the circumstances of the situation or looking at it like, why me? I'm very, very grateful that even at that time, and, and, and me being a young man at that time, I was able to look at that situation as a moment to change my life. Like, you know what? You need to change, you need to change something and you need to do it fast. Um, and it was the greatest thing that I ever did. Uh, because I, 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 I got to travel the world and make, you know, not only I made a lot of friends and, and, and I've, you know, really learned a lot and, and, and just, I've just grown as a human being, you know, in, in many different areas of my life um, that's, you know, helped me today. So even though I went into modeling from modeling, I, I learned a lot about fashion and based on that, you know, and I have, I now run, my wife and I run a jewelry company where we actually design and we do things. So besides, you know, acting, I, I, you know, I now produce films, I'm writing films, I'm putting films together and not sitting around uh, as an actor waiting for the next job. So, so uh, and this is all from that journey and that experience. So yeah, you know, back to your question, it was a, it, it, it was both, you know, so, so it was a life changing moment uh, for me and, and a good one. And that's where I think your resilience would show and, uh, you know, the muscle that you've built to just keep moving irrespective of yeah. what's coming your way. Uh, yeah. But again, this is not easy under any circumstances, but what do you do? You adapt and you keep moving, you know, in terms of the choices right. that you have. And that's what yeah. I wanted to understand a little bit more because you've mm. acted in Britain, you've acted in the UK, in the US, and you've done films in Africa as well. Uh, and you started your career in the 90s. So uh, what was it like to be an African British actor of black ethnicity uh, in a global film industry at that time? And when, when I talk about this, uh, give us insight into, you know, what did it look like in terms of your opportunities, your roles, casting that you, was done for you, um, remuneration, all of these aspects. Did you feel it was different, it was challenging. How did you kind of navigate it? And is it any different today? And to what degree, if you could talk me through that? That's a very good question. Um, you know, back then it was, the world for black artists was opening up. Prior to my generation, most black actors, there was far and few. I couldn't count on my hand more than five or 10. So most of our favorite actors were not on that list. There wasn't a lot, a lot of work. My, my father and his generation had warned my generation against such an industry that it's very difficult, 
there is a lot of racism in it and only the privilege make it in that industry and that we are part of a caste system that do not fit that profile of the privilege. So you would constantly hear that to, to go for government positions, going to be a doctor, going to be a lawyer. And then you would also hear the same thing in that world. <laughs> so for me, I sort of made up my mind where I wanted to go with this. And so when the opportunity came, I was taken back that, wow, you know, these people are literally offering me the world. This is interesting. And firsthand, because I was different, I like to say I was, um, I was, I was part of a generation that was different. They didn't know what to make of me. And that's also inspired by hip hop, you know, rap, the music influence that was around me. That kind of gave me that bravado, you know, without rapping the words, but in my, in my, in my steps, in my, in my, in the way I moved as a kid, you know, animated, very, you know, I, I think that really helped. And, and someone said it well, when you walk in a room, you kind of light it up. Sometimes you're not what we're looking for, <laughs> but we're forced to just go, you know what? I don't know what it is about him. We're going to take it. So I have always been very fortunate to see that aspect. Now, don't get me wrong. There were certain times that didn't work. There were certain times I would go for auditions or go for certain things that people will go, sorry, you're not exactly what we're looking for. Or we're not, we don't, this is what we're looking for this year. You know, they, they, it, it was a sift. A lot of people had made their, their assumption. They've made, they've actually said, you know what, this is what we're going for and we're not deviating from that. So I had this kind of awareness going into all of this with the attitude of, you know what, I'm here now, um, take it or leave it. And my attitude was, you know what, I've been through so much. What's the worst that could ever happen to me now? You could say, no, you're not going to kill me. You're not going to put a gun and shoot me because I've stumbled upon, you know, trying to, you know, go for, go for a certain kind of work that's not for my race or color. So, you know, with, with, with that in my mind, I would just storm in. I would go in, you know, but sometimes I would even force my agent. I'd say, you know what, I know I'm not what they're looking for, but go ahead anyway. Let's have fun. So I had to approach this whole thing, this, this, this ups and downs with fun. It's, it was just the only way. Again, you know, let me take it back a bit, you know, so I, I came from a generation where uh, most of us had to be multi-talented. You either could sing, rap, dance, uh, do comedy, tap dance, do it all. You had to have a lot of facets. You had to exploit your, 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 your talent. Uh, you know, or, or what I say, your portfolio, you had to expand on that. I couldn't walk through the door with just one dimensional. And the fact that I had, you know, the, the African and the British and all that stuff going for me, I was a collective mix of it all. And I was ready for anything to the best of my ability. There've been endless moments where they would specifically say, we are looking for, the guy has to be this. He must be blonde. He must have blue eye. He must look like uh, so and so, and I would have to cross it out when I see it. 
I, might, I would cross it out or literally put a, a, a black pen thing over it. Like, you know what? Nonsense. Because for me, the reality was that's not what we see in the streets. There are Indian actors and models, there are Chinese actors, and there's all, all works of life and different people. Of all. So I just, I don't know what it is, but I've just, I've always had this thing. And yes, it's a, it's a fight. It's, 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 it's an internal war sometimes. Do I give up and run away, as you just said, or just head right into it? I, I hope I, I hope I kind of answered your question. <laughs> Absolutely, and I, and I love the yeah. bit on uh, you know having fun with it. I think uh, yeah. what you pointed out, and uh, you know again, just understanding this a little bit more for the sake mm. of uh, younger people out there who are probably yeah. going through the same uh, situations. I would say the external environment, but you've kind of yeah. successfully navigated that environment. And uh, you've done it in a way that's worked for your life. It's kept you in a positive mm. uh, mindset and kept you taking the steps that you needed to, to live the life that you mm. wanted to. What, mm. uh, and you know, fun is, fun is a great example. You, you took yeah. it as fun. Uh, mm. What else did you find yourself thinking through or in terms of coping strategies, you know, did you have anything that kept you sane? Yeah. I, I, I did a lot of martial arts and I, and I prayed and meditate a lot. Um, that was, to be fair with you, majority of what made it easy and fun for me. It's all I had is prayers and to sit still and meditate and visualize exactly what it is I want and, and to really study it and, and, and really work at it because it's one thing to pray, it's one thing to have this visual, this vision, or so to have a vision board of exactly the character or what it is you desire, if it's to be a director, if it's to be, to be a producer, it's one thing to have that, but it was very important that I was constantly working at it, either it be a class or, or certain seminars that I would take. Um, and, I, and I did a lot of networking. So I, I just, keeping myself busy at working at it, but keeping faith first at all times. That really, really, really helped me a lot. Um, you know, making sure that my, my, my well-being is intact, that my head is, is pretty much screwed on right. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's just having faith and, and, and whatever belief system that helps you, uh, you know, cope in your day-to-day -day life, holding on tight to it. And if it's not working, you know, find another you know, belief system or mechanism because those things are important. They, they, they're, not, um, they're not just a fancy word, you know, when you hear never give up, whenever, there's a, it's deeper than that. It's, it's a lot deeper than that. And it's, it's, it boils down to prayers. It boils down to having that, that very deep, deep, uh, sincere faith. And that's beautiful. You talk about the fact of having a vision board, having, you know, your goals intact, but at the same time, getting out there and doing the work. Uh, that's important. Yes. You spoke about networking, yes. you spoke about actually taking, you know, whether it's workshops and doing the work. Yes. And then yes. sometimes, you know, it works, it doesn't work, you go back to the vision board, maybe strike a few things off. And it's yes. constant work in progress. You know, as you described, having a faith or a practice keeps you grounded. Yeah you know, you have the wisdom then to take the actions that one needs to. 
Exactly. Um, and, and also, it's, it's important to know that in the era we're living in now, compared to the eras of the 80s and, the, and, and into the 90s, I think it's important that they know there is so much at their fingertips. Do not take, you know, these podcasts, uh, these, these, these Facebook, these, these Instagram, the social media, do not take it for granted. They are the power that will mold you and make the greatest you you've ever seen. That's another thing that I would push the next generation, you know, to really take advantage of social media, use it for the benefit of good. Thank you so much. Being famous, this is another thing that social media brings up a lot of anxiety and you're mm. out there in the public eye. Uh, you know, what was it like for you, mm. uh, fame and popularity that you would have experienced? How did you navigate through fears, anxiety, doubts, you know, jealousy? Did you see that around you and your peers? Uh, how does one navigate that? Oh, 100%. Uh, those things exist and they're never going to leave. They're never, they're, they're part of our human psyche and, and tendencies, you know, and to be, to be, to be fair, you know, it is very intimidating and difficult when you uh, are navigating through those things. When I first started out and when I first encountered those type of stuff, it really drained me. I mean, anxiety at one point ate me alive. And then I finally got to a place where I was coached to use it, embrace it. So whenever that fear kicks in, make it part of my work. Let it be the fire that will make me want to be the absolute most incredible you know, character-seeking human being or whatever it is I am trying to accomplish that day, use it. Let it be the drive to the point that I am so exhausted that I don't care what the fear is going to do to me. So, you know, I, I had to kind of look at it like when you, they, you know, when you see runners, when they go down and, you know, you watch the Usain Bolt and a lot of top athletes in the world, even, you know, and they're there and all of a sudden the gun goes up on your marks, get ready, that gun makes me just go, I take, I take off. I imagine the greatest monster in the world behind me, ready to catch me and destroy me. So, and that's an extreme of how I would, you know, encourage a lot of people. And this is what I did to embrace those fears, those anxieties, even jealousy. What I did with jealousy was sometimes I would reach out to people who I felt that very heavy negative vibe from, by actually introducing myself to them and actually getting to know them. And to, to my surprise, those jealous people uh, became my greatest allies. They became my, my friends because, you know, uh, you know, you, 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 you and, and so, we, we, you know, jealousy is, is something that could be transformed. What it is, jealousy is, is pretty much insecurity. It's, it's fear from, from the opposite person who doesn't understand you or who finds what you're doing uh, something they can never, they feel, they feel they can never achieve. So, it's, you know, you know, being in a position where people can even look at you or even have a glance at you is a, it's, 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 I feel it's all of a it's my responsibility in that position to step down and embrace people. And when you do that, you, the, 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 the fears, the anxiety, the jealousy, all that, you know, 
they're there. Let's not, you know, let's not, let's be realistic. They are there, but they are manageable. They are manageable. And once you, once you're able to manage it, it becomes part of your friends. You, you start to have names for these type of situations and circumstances. They become part of your friend. And yes, from time to time, we would slip off, but it's, we got to get back. We got to get back on it. So it's a journey. You know, these, these things are a journey. They don't just disappear. They never will disappear. Never. That's, that's, that's a fantasy. <laughs> so there is a, there is a price. There is a, there's a price to pay, you know, uh, for, for, for being good at what you do. Even the most talented yeah. athlete in the world, they get it, you know? Yeah. And absolutely. And I think that's where the all or nothing thought process needs to be thought through again. You know, it's uh, there is a lot of gray in yeah. between and we need to be able to realize that there are things that we yeah. will constantly have to work through and there is no, no not having it and then having it. There is a middle ground exactly. that we have to navigate. Thank you so much. Oh, Aris, I think you. the other question uh, that was uh, coming up for me is uh, the fact that you've talked a lot about present moment awareness and you speak mm. about this even in terms of uh, the perspective of acting, using it as a tool, mm. as you step mm. into acting and when the cameras are rolling, and at the same time, uh, using that in your daily life. Talk to me a little bit about how do you understand present moment awareness and how have you found it useful in the work that you do as an actor? And of course, you know, once you step out of that space into your life, uh, you know, how has that helped you? Good question. For a matter of, you know, for example, this moment, I've just listened very wholeheartedly to every word you've just uttered. Um, as I sit here, I'm paying also in tune with my environment. I'm in tune that my son is sleeping next door. And if I raise my voice a certain level, he would wake up. I'm in tune of this moment that whatever I say, whatever I do is said and is gone forever. And I have one shot. And that one shot is to be in tune with the moment your answers and desires and everything you want are right here this moment right now we can look at the past and learn from it but a lot of the things that's happened in the past cannot be overturned and as long as you're breathing right now you have an opportunity to readjust reset so when you fall off that moment when you're not in a present moment you're still able to say shoot and get back on the horse. So I give you a perfect example. In one of the scenes when many years ago in Sinbad, we were, we, it, was a, it was the first time in my life that I was riding a horse. So my first time I got on a horse, people were like, wow, you're such a natural. Someone noticed that I was paying attention to the horse, his breathing, his movement. It was almost like I, I kind of gelled with the horse and I've never ridden a horse. This went on for a couple of episodes where we were on horseback. And one day I wasn't paying attention to the horse's need. I was a bit arrogant. I was young. So we had a take where the horse, we jumped. And when we jumped, they called cut. Now I'm on horseback and I kind of lean back, relaxed, let go. I don't know what it is. I think I let go of something and the horse just reared up. And I went, I fell down. I was so scared to get back on that horse's back. I was so angry at the horse and myself. 
that I didn't want to get back on a horse. I never wanted to get back on a horse ever again at that moment. Uh, one of the cast members of uh, The Adventure of Sinbad, the uh, TV show at that time, she ran over to me. Now, she is a horse lady. She actually, I didn't know until that moment that she actually raised horses back home in California. She said, Oris, Oris, stop. And I was walking away. I was like, I'm not, I'm not riding a horse. I'm just going to walk on my feet while you guys get on a horse. <laughs> she ran over. She, she, she literally said to me, Oris, I need you right now to get back on a horse. If you don't get back on a horse, you will never, ever want to ride a horse again. Get back on a horse. And she said, stay focused and be in a moment with this horse. That horse became one of my great friends. And I realized that week that the horse was pregnant. I didn't pay attention to that, did I? I didn't know that the horse was pregnant. So that was a very powerful moment in my life. I thought, whoa. And it, what it taught me was really respect the moment, especially when you are being paid to do a job. You are responsible for your life. And not only that, use it in your life. Because if you don't pay attention to your children, your loved ones, it, it can cause confusion. Even your parents, you know, you, there's moments there. If you don't pay attention to that, to that instant, that real moment, life can go by you. And it's, it's, it's a painful reality when we don't. It's, it, that's why some great things in history, if we don't learn from them, we're going to make a bigger mistake. So living in a moment, living in the present, is a big deal for me. It's, it's, it's not just some fancy word. It's, it's my life. Sometimes when I'm, when I'm with my son and we, he, he's talking to me, he's going, bah, 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 bah. and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm on the phone actually uh, trying to send a message that I think it's very, very important. And it's, it's sometimes it's a simple message as, um, let me get back to you. I'm with my son right now. My son knows he actually, at one point, he's only 10 months old, walked over and took the phone from me and tossed it because he felt, look, this is me and you time. And if you, and this is what I'm getting from here. If you, if, if you can't pay attention to me, then give me over to mom and handle your business. <laughs> this is a 10 month, but it's the, you could feel it. And, 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 and I'm saying this in the analogy of, Oris, you wasn't in the moment there. That's not nice. So when I'm with him, I'm with him. I'm here with you. I'm here with you. And once you understand that even those that will be listening to this, listen to it. Don't just kind of blow it off because you never know. One word or something here could change the entire destiny of your life. Uh, so, yeah, that's for me. Uh, living in the moment is, is key. Absolutely. And that's not just from an actor's yeah. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you described a father's perspective too. And kids are great teachers at uh, bringing us back into the moment and catching us when we are off it. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. yeah no, no, it's, the same, it's the same thing in relationship. You know, you know, moms and dads or husband and wives or lovers, if they don't pay attention to each other, one of them know, they feel it. They feel something is not right. You know, something's off. When you're not there, it's and most of the reason why most relationships never work or even uh, a relationship in a workplace never work is because sometimes some people are somewhere else instead of being right there and you know and that can cost us it can really cost us a lot of things it costs us our relationship it costs us finance it, it could really cost us a lot of things it's important <laughs> absolutely and you know as you were yeah. describing the incident what came to me is the fact that 
although you were doing, you were in the act of acting and riding the horse mm. and in doing mode, there was a sense yeah. of uh, need for you to be, to embody, yes. to feel, to sense. And yes. for that one, uh, like you described, it's so important to be in that moment, to be able to, even if you're yes. acting and you're embodying mm. another person, just to be able to express through the body, to be able to express what's coming up for you, you know, based on the research you may have done on the character. Um, yeah. I think it all kinds, kind of comes together with you being right there in that moment. Yeah, and it, yeah. It, it, it's important. It's, I'm surrounded by a lot of doctors. And you, when I hear their stories, when they go into surgery to operate on people, and I've used this a lot in my masterclass, um, they say, Oris, we have to be in tune. We have to pay attention. We have to really, really pay attention and forget the world outside of that theater as we operate on someone's life. Because at any given moment, it can all go, it can all go south. And, and understanding that is like, wow, wouldn't I like a doctor or wouldn't we like those all of those people in the world that really cherish the moment and focusing and doing what it is they do? Could you imagine if people are careless in that in that world, in the medical world, how many people will be dying left and right? You know, the anxiety levels of people when they have to go for surgery, you know, knock on wood, but you know, um, and I feel that is an all around um expensive uh, investment we as human beings must make towards that act, um, which is where meditations and, and faith and, and, and the power to, 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 be, to be present. Uh, we should really invest our time and lives understanding these, these type of uh, acts to help us. So, yeah. Thank you, Oris. Thank you for yeah. describing that incident too. Oris, Talk me through what it means for you uh, to live the human life and what for you is a meaningful expression of your human life. I think every now and then I particularly look back in my past and I go through my childhood moments and stop myself from comparing those moments to the lives of other people who had it very easy. I understand and, and bringing those moments, going back to those moments, I'm, I'm actually very grateful for my journey because whether we like it or not, we as human beings, we asked for that. We asked to be born. We asked to be, you know, governed by the parents or the caretakers of those who brought us into the world for good, for better, for worse. So many of us probably never came from a pretty circumstances, but the fact that we are aware of that, we can change that. So when I walk through the process of my life to this moment, I am constantly psychologically checking the list what could I have done better today? What, what, what could I have done better today? Okay, I had an argument with someone. I may have won the argument, but 
there is truth to the fact that they were right. I was wrong. I just let my ego made me feel I won the argument. But what they had to say was true. So I'm able to count my steps back, count the process, go back psychologically, correct that, and make sure I don't repeat that again. So it's, 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 it's about being sincere and honest to yourself, really looking deep within yourself and doing, be willing to do that work to make the next moment moving forward, not only a happy journey for yourself, but as well as for others. So those are the steps and protocol I like to take and always finding the middle ground and understanding that sometimes we don't always have to be right. We are constantly learning and we don't know it all. And it's okay to mess up. It's okay if we've messed up in the past, if we've messed up yesterday, and if we even messed up today, there's always a tomorrow. But right now, the fact that you can recognize those steps, the process is a start. So that's the way I would like to describe. That's how I would describe that process. Yeah. And, and I feel that's, a that's, whole lot yeah. of, uh, yeah, a whole lot of awareness of uh, yourself, of what's being said and uh, mm. using that and then taking, you know, whether it's changing course of action or deciding to do something again or not do something again. And yeah. that uh, takes a lot of courage to, to, to do that. And firstly, even to be aware. And I think this is something that's so needed in today's times when we speak about communication, when we speak about listening, um, are we really yeah. listening? Are we really tuned in? Are we being empathetic towards what the other person is saying, irrespective of the fact that we agree with them, don't agree with them? It's the need of the hour. And I think it's amazing that you seek to doing that on a day-to-day -day basis and you're accepting it for what it is and uh, where it doesn't work, you have the courage to say that, you know, I didn't do it well enough, perhaps. And, you know, tomorrow's another day and you kind of work through that again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, and and it's uh, yeah, and and it's difficult. It's it's difficult. It's it's you know, uh, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be difficult. It's it's difficult. The processes can be taxing, but for me as a human being, I'm grateful to say I there are many nights that I sleep more than many other nights because I'm able to go yeah well or that ah, uh, what a day, woof. You know what I mean? And, 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 and the reason for that is th this is me because once you make that work for yourself, the people that you have around you down to even the dog, the cats, the birds, nature, they just flow. They really flow. And it's, I almost want to say it's common sense, but again, it's not so common. It's a mystery. It's mystic. And that's what, that's what's fun about life. Absolutely. And I'd like to throw in a quote here by uh, Alfred yeah. Adler, if I have my pronouncing his name correctly. He said, empathy mm. is seeing with the eyes of another, listening with the ears of another and feeling with the heart of another. And it really came to mind as, uh, as you were speaking, as, as much as wow. we can lean in 
uh, and we can allow people to lean into what we're saying, what we're feeling. Yeah. Um, I think our communication gets better. We're a lot more understanding, irrespective of yes. our differences, because we are all different in, in some way or the other yeah. as human beings, individuals. Thank you. Thank you, Oris. Uh, Any parting uh, words uh, you. that you'd like to share with, uh, with us as we wrap up our conversation? Let's try to be the light, especially more so in this time. Let's try to be the light, you know, try to inspire others around us. Let's, let's try to be there for a lot of people. Sometimes even if it's just sending a little text or a little, hey, how you doing? I hope you're well. Sometimes, you know, let's, let's just try to be the light uh, and, 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 and just um, imagining people smiling and being, you know, just having some sort of hope wherever they are at this time in the world. So yeah, uh, I, you know, just keep it simple. Let's just try to be the light, be the light. Thank you so much. That's beautiful. Thank you, Oris, Thank for you. your time, for inspiring all of us and for allowing us a sneak peek into your life, your journey, and for us to be able to gain insight through that. I look forward to Thank all you. the projects that you have coming up. And uh, if you'd like to share with the audiences, is there any anywhere they can find you? Yeah, well, I, you know, I, you can uh, reach me on my Facebook, I am Oris Herrero. Uh, also, you can reach me out on Instagram, uh, and I have a website, www.orisherrero.com. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you know, yeah. um, I'm, I'm constantly doing stuff, and uh, I usually would put them out um, there. Uh, from time to time. Oh, you could reach me here. <laughs> Absolutely. And Through no, I will, I, yes. <laughs> and I will, of course, share all the handles and your website on, uh, on the channel. So yes, people have access okay. to that as well. Thank you so much, Oris, once Thank again, you. and wishing you Thank all you. the very best for everything. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for watching and listening. I hope this was insightful and useful for you. If it was, please do subscribe to the podcast and to the YouTube channel Yellow Door Talks. Stay well, take care and I'll see you next week.